Hello, and welcome back to Robots Don't Age. It's me, your beautifully bearded co-host, Cody, and with me today is, of course, the kinky co-host, Keanu. Hello, everybody. And the current co-host, CJ. How you doing, CJ? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? No, no, no. How you doing? No, no. How you doing? <laughs> doing fine, sir. Doing fine. Good, good. As per usual, of course, we get started with what we've been up to. Keanu, you can go first. Oh, shit. Um, well, I've been watching a fuckload of Black Clover, like I've been binging it, which I have talked to you guys a little bit about it before. And CJ, no, I have not seen any freaking leprechauns in this the entirety of this thing. But there are elves. Aww. There are elves. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't good... fucking come in here with your elves pretending that it's even close to a leprechaun <laughs> bullshit. No, 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 no. When it comes to mythical short beings... They're all the same. <laughs> well, elves are kind of tall, I think, but yeah, but it's still a mythical being. Before I forget, uh, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the book by Jason Pargin slash David Wong, uh, Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. And we also have a game to play uh, after that, so be sure to stick around. Anyways, Keanu, as you were. Um, I'm also working on a commission piece. Um, I'm making a, a, a hamsa, a hamsa. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I, it's going to be a rainbow one for those of you that do not know what that is. Um, it's called Hamsa hand or the hand of Fatima. It's an ancient middle Eastern talisman in all religions. It's viewed as a protective symbol. It's a talismanic Hmm. talismanic. Yeah. Yeah, That people believe to protect them from harm against the evil eye and bring them goodness, abundance, fertility, luck, and good health. So I'm working on one of those. And then I'm also going to be creating a custom piece, uh, for, uh, of like her kid. It's like her kids. It's going to incorporate the faces of her children, which makes me very nervous because I, you know, yeah, that seems like it'd be really detail-oriented to try to get the faces just right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she wants to incorporate it into a an onk, which is like that. Uh, for those that's like that um, crap. So, uh, if you, Jake, leave all of this in. I demand look, it. Look, if you don't know what the fuck it is, Google it. I can't give you. I don't. My brain is mushy <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what kind of lazy fucking listeners are you right, to not look this up? Right, um, You're on your phone. You can take it out right now and look yeah. it up. To the really one guy listening to this show right now. The, Ow. The one lazy guy. Ow. The reference, the like, I think of, um like, ancient Egypt type stuff. You know, it's like the, the circle on a stick with a cross type thing. Oh, okay. Sort of like a uh, Celtic cross a little bit? No, that's different. I know what you're referring to, though. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, that incorporated with something to do with the faces of her kids. I don't know. We haven't gotten that far yet. I'm doing the Hamsa first because that one seemed easier. So I was like, let me do this. And then, you know, a little bit later. That really sounds like some Silent Hill type shit, almost. Anyways, uh, (laughs) yeah. It sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so, um... I mean, those go hand in hand, sir. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I've also been working on uh, coming up with some, like, ideas for, like, sweatshirts and stuff, you know, because fall is coming. And so, yeah, I've been coming up with some sweatshirts and stuff, like, that include my artwork. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, oh. I'll let y'all nice. know. How's the uh, merchandise line doing, by the way, at AbundantStudio.com? <laughs> uh, not well, but that's fine. <laughs> well, you don't plug it as much as you should. No, I, mean. I really don't. Um, I really don't. I've still got, like, the mugs and stuff up. I kind of took 
I kind of took my t-shirts and stuff down at the moment um, because I was having an issue with which now I have all of my stuff digitally scanned so I can go back in and redo it because I was having an issue with if you want like really good quality um, as far as like a print goes, you need to have like a certain DPI of the image for it to print well like the image versus whatever. And the pictures that I had taken were not doing that. So like, cause I had ordered a couple um, like test pieces or whatever, and they got here and they looked like shit. So I took them all down, but I now have all of my stuff. Well, almost all of my stuff digitally scanned cause I've created new pieces since then. And yeah, so now I'm going to get back on getting that back up and done the way I want it to be done. And that way the product is good now and not like dookie fruit. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, I mean, I bought a hoodie from you and I really like it. The gray skeleton one. Well, yeah, but those were done. Um, I drew those via iPad. So I, ah, had, okay. so I had the sizing correct so that, so that the picture quality was clear. But as far as like, my actual artwork, like I was trying to just take photos and have those at the right DPI and get the right clarity and everything. And it just was not working out. Like things were too small. And when I, when I would like make them bigger, it just ended up blurry and looked like crap. And so I decided to uh, get over myself and cough up the money and go get them digitally scanned. So yeah. I'm still amazed that you hand drew that fucking skeleton sweatshirt on an iPad. It looks awesome. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. Yeah, genuinely, like, I I love wearing that hoodie. Uh It's a little too thick for this time of year, but I keep it in my car just in case, you know, it might rain. I'm going to get them. I still need, I still need you to fucking take some, put put on a goddamn beanie and take some fucking photos for me so I can use you as a model on my fucking website, please and thank you. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, we'll work on that. I'll get it set up with cj because we actually have like the good equipment for all that stuff yeah yeah i'd appreciate it i don't give a fuck if you're just sitting in the park drinking a cup of fucking coffee just something so- i know exactly the look you're going for i'll break out the soy boy glasses no i'm gonna have to make a creative call and he's gonna be in my basement okay all right crying that's oh, fine well. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds more of like a cj kink as opposed to a creative it's a bit of both. Hey, two birds, one stone. I would explain a lot of the stuff we've shot that never got released, actually. See, uh, a lot of people say never mix work with pleasure, but I always say why not pleasure yourself at work? <laughs> I, I, I can say that I think we've uh, all done that at one point or another. And that's how I got walked out of my first job at the pizzeria. <laughs> and that's how I fathered 12 kids I will know about in the next five years. Fuck anchovies, would you like some Yeah, you gotta wait till after the child support part. No, it's just whacking <laughs> off on Walmart. You know, seats are never a good idea, especially in the gender neutral and family restrooms. I know I made this point in another episode, but Walmart is just like the absolute shittiest of chain stores. So if people could get pregnant from a toilet seat, it would be at a Walmart. Yes. It would be. And, you know, it would probably be one of the staff that is the father, as we we're discussing. It would probably be uh-huh. a janitor. I know I know how maintenance do. I swear to God, (laughs) speaking to two maintenance workers, I will, I will pick up a dirty mop and slap you right in the face. (laughs) Uh, All right. Um, Keanu, anything else? Uh, I also just finished a piece, which I believe you saw the octopus lady 
thing. Ooh. Oh, you're done. I want to see it. The neon one, the one I sent you. Yeah, it, it's it's done. At least I feel like it's done for right now. I might go back later, but it's done at the moment. Okay. Yeah, I'm really glad it's finally uh, done and finalized because I know we mentioned this in the, I think it was the last podcast, mm-hmm. but it was looking really great with the glowing and everything and the uh, octopi uh, fucking suction cups. Yeah. So I'm curious to see like what the final product is. And I guarantee you, this bitch gonna sell. This is this is like the first time that I've done like attempted the whole um like this neon look, and that was that was a more tedious process than I kind of expected it to be. But that's okay. I would say you pulled it off though. Yeah, I've thought about maybe adding some more. If you zoom in, like you can. But it's beautiful. Why? Well, thank you. I thank you. Um, but yeah, I sent it. I don't know if it's. So Kiani, uh, that was all you're up to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically that's basically it. Nice, nice. What about y'all? Well, yeah, uh, CJ traditionally, I guess. Because uh, oh wow, that is beautiful. By the thank way, you. Right. thank you, thank you. I know uh, we can post a picture of it on Twitter as soon as uh, the episode goes okay. up. I know. I definitely have to talk to you after the show about commissioning your your <laughs> Hell work. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I let's see. As far as what I've been up to, nerd wise, <laughs> hmm, what have we been playing? We played a little Dead Effect Two. We played hmm, Dying Met Light Five. Yeah, Dying Warrior Light. Five. The following Fallout Seventy Six. You know, I've just we just you you pretty much yourself know what I've been up to. But for listeners' sake, we've just been kind of dabbling in a bunch of this and that. You know play a little bit of this and play a little bit of that and you know when we're done playing play some more did you say fallout 76 fallout 76 is that that sarcasm or is it legitimately number 76 it's the name of a vault oh it's the uh yeah the vault (laughs) is named vault 76 because you know the vaults in that i thought it was like the 76th version of this game i said god damn <laughs> it's probably more than what that. is this fast and furious calm down <laughs> oh god oh god fucking fast and furious i just i don't want to get into it it's all about family <laughs> you know once upon a time they were just stealing vcrs and shit now they're in space why not fuck it in part five they took down a drug cartel and that movie was so fucking forgettable i don't remember any of it and i tried to watch it three goddamn times in five years from now fighting dinosaurs It'll happen. Well, yeah, it will. Give it time. I know they're going and, to. And, and it will be about, it will be about family. Family. It's all about family. Um, That's, oh, sorry, that was a horrible impression. All right, so as I was saying. Uh, Can you describe Fallout 76 a little more in depth for Keanu as you've played it mm. far more than I have? Yes. Fallout 76 is basically an open world game that's multiplayer. So you don't have to play with uh, other people in a team. And there's no sort of uh, open player versus player combat. So you don't really have to worry about people fucking you up, uh, you know, or you you up as uh, the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're real family friendly around this bitch. (laughs) Just on toilet seats 15 minutes ago, but we're totally family friendly. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days, I'm going to mark an episode as clean and just see how it does compared <laughs> to the other ones that I leave as explicit. Anyways, as you were, sir. No, that's that's pretty much it. You got it. Post-apocalyptic online game, open world. That's the long and short of Fallout 76. You know what else can be long and then short? <laughs> or short. My nipples. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> mine too, mine too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get them all pierced. You gotta get your eyebrows pierced. 
your um, septums pierced. Uh, sorry, septum. I hope you, you only have one, but you might have two. Yeah, I don't know. I have my septum pierced. All right, and then you you get your upper lips, bottom lips, nips, belly button, clit. And here's what you do: you chain all that shit together, <laughs> and you find someone who was man enough <laughs> to yank you around by your pull chain. Oh my god! And, and once you can do that. Then you can make great horror films. What does the show become? <laughs> God, it's like Hellraiser meets American Mary. <laughs> I'm disturbed. I'm aroused. I don't know what to do with myself. Oh, fuck. You can't go around children with something like that, though. Like, even if it's concealed, they would, you'd know. No, don't do that. Oh, Airport security is going to be the Airport fucking worst. security. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't know. I know the security at Walmart might find it funny. <laughs> They'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know that, or they pay no mind at all because they're like, "This is normal. This is normal." Behavior. They'd go ahead and let you have that stolen copy of Paul Blart Mall Cop that you found in the five dollar <laughs> bin. It's fine. Um, speaking yeah. of movies, um, I have been meaning to watch something that i would like to include in a future episode when i'm caught up on it but i have actually watched loki as far as uh marvel goes again just because i'm real excited um i won't say any spoilers here tv show or movie the uh tv show these marvel tv shows um they're the way i describe them they've had um three so far they've had wandavision they've had um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they've had Loki. So for me, Loki and WandaVision are nothing like any, really any of the movies except maybe Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy. I could see those vibes mm-hmm. in them and visuals. So kind of the more like entertaining comedic ones. Yeah, there's a lot of those like heavy visuals to those. So like, and WandaVision really takes a more sci- uh, psychological approach with how it takes its effects. Whereas Loki, you're traveling through all these different periods of time because he's working for a, basically the time police mm-hmm. to stop <laughs> another mark. variant of him. So something that's not a spoiler that might entice people to watch it, that might, you know, be a fan of Loki from the car- the Avengers cartoons we watched growing up or the comics or, you know, his various versions in the mm-hmm. comics. Um, he meets about every one of those in this uh, show at some point, even a female variant that uh, um, it's not spoiler to say that there's a, a romantic angle there. You and only Loki could like fall in love with Loki. Well, if he's that big of a narcissist, that makes sense. I was about to say that kind of makes sense. Uh, it does. It's Loki. It's the most Loki thing. Owen Wilson is great in it. So I do heavily recommend, uh, I recommend oh, all wow. of them. I will say Falcon and Winter Soldier is the most like a normal Marvel movie, like Captain America, Winter Soldier, that sort of vibe. But very cool. And the message at the end is awesome. So, yeah, that's uh, my uh, weekend nerddom. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, suppose I can take over okay, here then. Cody, what about no. you? All right. Oh, what, so about, gonna... what about the other guy? <laughs> uh, Go ahead. Guy? Go ahead. Rodrigo, he's waiting his turn patiently. He hasn't said a word this entire Dude, time. Go ahead, who Rodrigo. Who are you talking about? Nobody's did we, there. Did we lose Rodrigo? Where'd you go? Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Russians. I can't stand Russians. Uh, 
I'm just kidding. Russians out there. Yeah, he stole my credit card information. It's pretty rough. Also, his name's Rodrigo and a Russian. I like. I dig yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What would you? What? Don't make any other assumptions about Rodrigo <laughs> though, because he's apparently not trustworthy. He just dips out on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you. Yeah, I guess you could take over now, Cody. What has your week in nerddom been like? Okay. So I know I mentioned this uh, at least the first movie in the trilogy a few episodes ago, but Fear Street 1994. And since then, I've watched the other two on release date. Um, the other ones being <laughs> Fear Street 1978 and 1666. Why'd you laugh, CJ? What's up? Um, I was just a chuckle, just going along, just giving some feedback, okay, pretending okay, I'm listening, but continue. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just curious. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so uh, Fear Street 1978 takes place at like a summer camp. Fun fact, it's actually on the same like area, just like a lake over from uh, the same place they filmed friday the 13th part six really yeah that's awesome because i was fixing to ask you i was like does it have heavy friday 13th vibes because it definitely sounds like it does it's got some pretty strong friday the 13th vibes it's got um i mean it's no spoiler really if you've seen 1994 but the main killer for this one's like wearing a bag over his head and he has an axe it feels a lot like the jason Voorhees, and of course all the other killers you know kind of not really too spoilerish uh the other killers make an appearance so you get to see the full cast again um, the thing is, though, like, I don't feel like this entry added a whole lot to the, like, the other two movies. I like it, but it just seems like it's a fun summer camp slasher movie, and it doesn't do a whole lot more for, like, the, uh, supernatural overtones of it, besides maybe adding a few background items that could have just been delegated to one of the other two movies, you know, in my opinion. I mean, it goes into the backstory of, like, one of the characters, but you don't really need to see all of it, I wouldn't think. Well, maybe, maybe for people who don't know, maybe... Or is it, like, its own thing? Well, yeah. It's its own thing. So, like I mentioned in the previous episode, it's based on the R.L. Stein books. Okay. Uh, so, the Goosebumps do. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't even know what, like, the backstory was, the material. Obviously, this one was based on a book. But I felt like if you would have taken out the uh, story that happened in Part 2, you probably could have covered roughly the same thing in the other two movies. I'm not saying the movie's not good. I'm just saying, like, story-wise, it didn't seem to need to be there unless I'm, uh, I'm just missing something. I mean, I didn't dislike it. It was a great slasher flick, but, you know, just kind of, I don't know, a little gratuitous, little uh, little much at points. Yeah. You also get to see, like, kills that are over the, like, there's a, there's a kill that's just, like, you watch someone get hit with an axe again and again and again, even to the point where I'm just like, Jesus Christ, we get it. Like, they're dead. It's fucking wild. I don't know. It's, it's just something bizarre, man. What's that cheese factor like in that? I get well. It's kind of like a quote-unquote teenage-ish horror film. Like it's based around mm-hmm. teens. Um, it's all like teenage characters and kids. They're all very believable. At least I find. Did they capture that late seventies, early eighties cheese they were going for? Definitely. There's a lot of cheese factor in there. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you didn't love it. That sounds like porn to you. Well, like like I said, it's a fun slasher flick, but in whole, like for the trilogy, it's not as good as the other two. It's just a good slasher camp flick, as opposed to like the other ones, which added a lot more to the trilogy. Ah, uh, okay, so it's like the uh, hand job of porn. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it's like Friday part Friday Thirteenth Part Five. It's technically a uh, part of the franchise, but it doesn't really do anything for the franchise. Hand job of porn. No one comes here for this. The hand job of porn. It's the fluffer role. Yeah, it's the fluffer movie. It just gets you ready for the, the to rewatch the first one again. Yeah, and then you get uh, Fear Street 1666, which is a period piece set back in, you guessed it, 1666. What? 
Oh, yeah, I know, right? It's almost like these years coincide with the year they take place. Fucking wild. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so without getting too deep into it, you get to see kind of like the backstory and the lore that built up to, obviously, the other two movies, because it's been backtracking throughout the entire time. That that one was my favorite of the entire trilogy. I really dug it. It uh, answered a lot of questions and, of course, has the benefit of being the last one, so you get to have everything tied up in a nice neat package. But, I mean... Good times, man. Good fucking times. All right, so I need you to paint the scene for me, right? I've been painting okay. the past two days at work, and it's been a drag. So I need you to do some painting. County does painting, but, like, good. <laughs> so I need you to paint the scene with your words for me. What is the setting? I want to know, because this sounds awesome, dude. Okay, so in Fear Street 1994, you find out about this uh, kind of split between two towns, Sunnyvale and Shadyside, I believe it is. And oh. one's kind of like the trasher, poorer town, and the other one is kind of the richer, upper class. And formerly, this whole town used to be one giant town called Union back in 1666. So, there's a legend around that town that you find out about in 1994 about the witch Sarah Fear. And it's essentially this whole uh, trilogy backtracking to figure out, like, how it started and what happened with her and what's the real story. And you just, like, get to experience everything um, in a really well-told story. But like I said, 1978 kind of felt like you could have separated those elements into the other two. But it's a really well-done trilogy in terms of, like, an overarching story arc. So I, I wonder, in, in that case, if they were successful in kind of planting those little seeds you would. Um, like, let's say you had a four-movie plan you would put a little seed in movie one, two, and three leading to whatever you want to reveal in four, and you can do the ver vice versa. So I was just curious if they was able to do something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I feel like they did a really good job of planting seeds. Um, I would have to go back oh, and rewatch yeah. it because I only watched the one time, but there are certain things in it that are a little dumb that I'm not going to get into because I don't want to spoil anything. But overall, like I enjoyed the film so much so that I even ordered the... Uh, the fucking soundtracks on vinyl they're going to get here sometime in the winter nice and colored and everything cool. can't wait yeah i have not bought any vinyls before and i have no way to play it right now but i spent the money because i liked it that much um let's see other than that any questions anyone no Bueller? no that was a very beautiful description by the way a minus thank you sir <laughs> Okay, I'll take it. Better grade than I got in school. Well, I mean, you I can't give you an A plus because I gotta always push you to be better. Is at least the dumb shit like bosses say and teachers say. So I wanted to try that out here. Did it work? Yes, Dad. That's right, boy. I mean, CJ. Uh, what? No, that was. Um, like we're, <clears throat> anyways, like we're hitting a different, hitting a different. This is not that, guys. Save it for your OnlyFans, okay? Uh, 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 oh no, stepbrother! I am stuck. All right, so. <laughs> Oh, what? Uh, I was just thinking about going into an ASMR of just leaning into my southern jaw and just repeatedly saying, boy. <laughs> it would probably do well. You could probably do that. People be people boy. do fucking ASMR, like fucking just eating food and smacking it. Ugh, I can't. Hey, if anyone uh. out there is interested in buying some of my ASMR, you know, just let a brother know. Yeah, he'll do pretty much anything on audio for money. I'll do most things for money once. I, you know, I've thought about making an OnlyFans, <laughs> except I wouldn't put my face in it. I want to get, I'm try, okay, listen, I'm trying to get my partner in on it. And the whole plan is to go get um, these freaking, uh, you know, on Halloween, they'd be selling them like furry masks, you know, the big, huge ones. Mm. Yeah, them, them big yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. So yep. we would both go get one of those. And we would do all of our content whilst wearing those. <laughs> I think it would do well. <laughs> I think it would. 
You might even you know, go have a whole new fan base you didn't know existed yet. The nickname Kinky Co-host Keanu was more or less a joke, but I'm glad you're down to clown, man, yeah. um, and just willing to share all that. You think she's joking? <laughs> no. no, I know he she's knows, not, and that's why I love her. He knows her. I'm not kidding. He knows I am dead-ass serious. I've, I've been <sighs> taking her as, yeah, dead-ass serious, as she said. Dead-ass Dead-ass. Dead, dead ass. ass. How did that saying come about? I, I, uh, there was a dead ass guy, and they were that serious. I don't know. I'm a serious. I, I know dead it's guy. like a New York thing, but mm-hmm. I feel like I, I found myself saying it because I used to watch this show with my ex. I can't recall what the fuck it was, but it was like these two guys, and they, they essentially like a podcast ish thing, and they would sit and talk. But they they were always like they said dead ass, dead ass, be like all the fucking time. Yeah, that's definitely a New Yorker thing for you. I always had it pictured like uh, some like cowboy stuff. So I'm taking it to the West Coast for this. <laughs> okay, so here's 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 my suggestion. Mm-hmm. At, they used to say, "Oh, I'm dead serious," talking about what's more serious than death, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe right. at some point there was this donkey <laughs> that. No, no, this donkey didn't fuck around. He's not the kind. He's like not like your normal garden variety hee haw mm-hmm. donkey. This donkey will fuck you up and steal your house. He's that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's what it's referring to. Dead ass. Dead uh, ass serious. Be. That's that's the most serious you could be. Look, guy who's sitting there listening to this, take out your fucking phone and Google it, and then tweet us and use hashtag dead ass. All right. Because I'm getting tired of you just sitting there bothered. not replying to us. Yeah, we're too busy doing important shit like talking about Child's Play 1 and 2. <laughs> and please stop sending dick pics. Don't. Yeah. To see Without proper out. lighting. Without proper lighting. You gotta, you gotta get the lighting Do right. Do better. Otherwise, if you're gonna get a at six least and a, you need more than a six. Yep. <laughs> if it ain't at least a 6.5, I don't need the die. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounded fine. It's pretty good, though. It's pretty good. It rhymed. You know, your regular fucking Dr. Seuss over here. Pretty fly for a white guy. (laughs) Didn't something happen with Dr. Seuss? Some of of his, like, older books or whatever um, had some Some, uh, racial things. Problematic imagery. Yeah. (laughs) What if I I don't want to be compared to Dr. Seuss? Well, I apologize. Good call. Um, well, how? Okay, I need to inform myself because I used to think he was like Sneeches on the Beaches was against that. Sneeches on but the maybe beaches. there's something I missed because I was like eight. I think maybe it was like early, like yeah, it was, like some like really obscure ass shit. Because I I don't know that any oh. of the mainstream shit is, but I feel like maybe it was some other. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, mm-hmm. it was. It was like his earlier year stuff, and his estate decided to pull it. He has like a dark collection floating out there of some fucked up shit. Somewhere. Yeah, pretty much. A lot of fairly racist things, if I remember correctly. That's like his internet search history, so to speak. I didn't look too much into it. I just I just heard about it, and I was like, oh, okay. Mm. There's a lot of... Well, I just remember a lot of people claiming he was getting canceled, even though it was his own estate that was or foundation or whatever. That was like, we're going to yoink this. Yoink. Then I'm going to go on record as doubling down and repeating, I'm not Dr. No, Seuss. No. I'd rather be no. uh, Dr. Pepper. I don't know. I can't think of another famous doc- Dr. Phil. No, no. I don't want to be Dr. No, you don't no be not Dr. that Phil. either. Uh, run all those fucking weird child treatment camps that don't do any good anyways uh yeah i, I don't want to be dr strange because he has <laughs> uh, that, that poor girl that episode was oh man uh, 
I don't know. Didn't he like kind of like do a Bam Margera thing a few years ago? I don't know. What, what do you mean? In regards to what? Oh, I'm a huge uh, Bam Margera fan. I recall. Yeah, him, but like, what does that mean? Pulling I a Bam Margera. I recall Bam Margera went on his. I didn't say pulling it. Uh, pulling a Bam. I said uh, where he had Bam Margera on his oh. show. Uh, yeah, Bam Margera oh, just kind of okay. went on his show to talk about his troubles with addiction and alcoholism, and it seemed like it didn't seem like it was an. It did, I mean, it turned out not to be that authentic, unfortunately. But it seemed like Doctor Phil was uh, sure happy to make that bank. Probably. Yeah, I feel I don't want to be Dr. pretty Phil. safe saying fuck Doctor Phil. How about no? I don't want to say fuck doctors. Doctors saved my life. All right, I'm all right. No, I'm not a doctor. That, that doctor in particular. I just play one on a podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you don't want that doctor. No, certainly not. I'm a terrible doctor. I will always insist on a prostate exam with every <laughs> sore throat. Well, and better pull down your pants. Well, and what's odd? What's odd is he's not talking about giving you one. He's talking about you well, giving him one. Like, well. He, he throws yeah. some gloves well, at you. You know, I have this terrible cough. Finger. Put your finger in my butt. <laughs> hey, hey, Just that'll one? cure. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, as many as you're comfortable yeah. with. Let's start yeah. with one and work your way up, but not without lube. No. You start at two dry. Yeah. Like a man. <laughs> like a man. Like a man. <laughs> well, all right. So, can I get back to my recent? <laughs> yes. Um, Child's Play 1 and 2. CJ, I know you're more than familiar with this. It's a classic horror oh, yeah. film. Uh, Keanu. I mean, I feel like I... Yeah, Keanu. I feel like I've seen maybe yes, one Chucky of them. Movies. Yeah, they're Chucky movies. I, I feel like I've seen maybe one of them when I was younger, but I don't think I, 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 don't think I had that much interest. Mm. I was just like, oh, okay, it's a creepy doll. My grandma already buys me porcelain dolls that I shove in the fucking closet. Yeah. Like, I'm good on this. I was a pussy, you know what I'm saying? Man, hmm. those porcelain dolls, whoever designed those, they knew what the fuck they was Shit doing. Was horrid. I left a birthday party once because of those. I'm not going to lie. As a child, Chucky scared the ever-living shit out of me. Oh, like, yeah. the idea of a toy coming to life and killing you was just uh-huh. nightmarish. Like, I would actively avoid Chucky dolls when I saw him as a kid. I'm like, nah, fuck all that noise. I feel like that might have fueled a lot of my, like, fear for toys and inanimate objects. That I'm like, I feel like you're looking... A little too deeply at me, and you're fucking creepy. Like, I left a whole birthday party once. I spent the night at this girl's house, and, like, it was time to go to bed, and, like, everyone else was sleeping out in the living room, and she was like, will you come sleep in my room with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure, cool. And then I get in there, and this bitch has, like, bleachers up the fucking wall in her room with, like, just loaded with porcelain dolls, just staring at her bed. And I'm like... Who made this decision? I was like, well, uh, I need to Mrs. Person who will not be named. Um, I need to call my mom. Go it's play with us, Keanu. It is time for me to go the fuck home. <laughs> I'm good. Come play with us no. forever and, and ever and ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Porcelain dolls are creepy as fuck. Well, actually, the the fun thing about Chucky is that uh, at, related to, you know, those creepy old dolls is he's based on a true story. Is he? Oh, that makes it worse. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, huh. I can uh, I'm a, I can show you a picture if you like. Go ahead. So his name originally was Robert the doll. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to go too deep because that that's a whole rabbit hole in itself when you uh, talk about him. But yeah. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Chucky was pretty much real. That's disturbing. Okay. Um, 
I only have a few comments about these movies. So, Child's Play 1 and 2, I really like those. Probably some of my more favorite movies in the series, just because, you know, they're a little more serious than the other ones. Uh, The kid actor is fucking phenomenal, the one who plays Andy. And I think Chucky is just a really cool concept, like, around that time. I really appreciated the different take on it, like him possessing a doll. Um, There are, however, there's, like, one thing that I really have an issue with between Child's Play 1 and 2. So, Mm. CJ, do you remember the introduction, uh, or I guess the ending of Child's Play 1 slash the introduction of Child's Play 2? Um, vaguely. Okay, so Child's Play ends with uh, the detective, what's his fucking nuts, helping Andy and his mother out in the apartment by shooting Chucky, blowing him up, etc., etc. And his partner shows up, and then Chucky tries to choke him, and it's just like the dismembered arm and the head's talking, and, you know, they freak out, like, wow, no one's gonna believe us, what are we gonna do? And... Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it, it kind of ends there, right? You're like, oh, I wonder what the fuck happens. Yeah. Cut the child's play too. The cops went, had to go to court and fucking lied about what happened. Meanwhile, the mother backed up the kid's story. So the kid got taken away and the mother was sent to a fucking insane asylum. And the kid was an orphan and had to go live with foster parents because the cops wouldn't back up their story. What the fuck? That's some bullshit. Oh, man. Chicago's finest. That sounds about right, no. though. That that sounds about right though. That sounds pretty pretty on par with the police department. Uh, well, of course. This <laughs> doll that you sent me, this Robert doll, this it's fucking wild. This thing is disturbing looking, bro. Why don't you go? We can go to the museum. I think they're in uh, Florida. That's of course. I believe the Warrens even investigated Shit, it of uh, the Conjuring thing. Of course, it would be in Florida. Ah. Why wouldn't it be in fucking Florida? It's because, like, if a hur- that that state is most likely to get wiped out by a hurricane, at least, so maybe they'll take the uh, doll with them. That was a dark joke, and I apologize to anyone <laughs> impacted by hurricanes. Yeah, but and also to the guys and fan freaks that live in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you know, maybe he'll Look, rescue Robert the doll. You don't hear things about Iowa man oh, yeah, or, thing to bring or back. Virginia man. It's fucking Florida man. <laughs> it's it's always Florida man. It's it's either Florida yeah, man or Alabama true. man. Always up to no good. <laughs> Alabama man, basically the cousin. good old Alabama man. <laughs> Other than Child's Play, I'm nearly done with The Wire. I'm about halfway through season five. Uh, not really much more to say other than you know, great fucking show. The season five intro. When you walk Is definitely my favorite one. Um, I really dig it over the other ones. It's got a little more oomph to it, a little more energy. I don't know if you guys can recall any of them top of your head, but you know, it's pretty entertaining stuff. It's all in the game. It's all in the game indeed. Uh, Season five, of course, being the last season. So I don't know what I'm going to do after this. I'm going to have a lot more free time. I know that much. You could always rewatch The Sopranos again. That's true. The Saints of Newark is coming out pretty soon. Yep. So you got to get you got to get in that mindset. You got to get ready, ready and steady. Um. Okay. So one final thing before we go to commercial break, a game that CJ failed to mention in his recap: Ghost Hunters Corp. Mm, I had to leave you some wiggle room. So basically, this game's like Phasmophobia on steroids. Um, Keanu, I've talked to you about Phasmophobia briefly. Yes. If you recall, it's a ghost hunting yes. game. So you go into a house and you try to find the spirit, just like in Phasmophobia. The difference, however, is that um, the ghost can hunt you right away. The ghosts have uniquely different appearances. Like you can tell what's a shadow, what's a child. Uh, Revenants, for example, have their backs broken. Certain ones crawl. 
Um, they all walk on walls and shit, so it's kind of terrifying in that regard. And there's children ghosts. Well, I yeah. mean, there's children ghosts and phasmophobia, but they, uh, it's its whole breed here. I find those the most. Yeah, that's all. Like, I feel like I would, I'm gonna have issues when I have kids, and they like you know wake me up in the middle of the night by standing at the foot of my bed. There's a good chance they might take a roundhouse kick to the face. Kick him in the face. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> Hey, Mom, the man said to come say hi. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck well, you just said to me? to bust out my sage and everything the fuck else I got and cleanse the shit <laughs> out of you. You need the power of Christ. You need the power of a right hook. Come <laughs> 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 Knock that demon right out of you. <laughs> Bam. Ah, oh, knock my child out again, shit. Tell him something. Speaking doing that of... There, it, you have to actually exercise the ghost in that game, right, Cody? Yeah, it's a lot more effort. Um, CJ's definitely gotten the system down pat, but there are a lot of things you can do. Like, you have to throw the salt at it. It's going to be, like, either salt, holy water. Um, there's can There can be, like, a pentagram that's hidden unless you do a certain, like, amount of steps to unveil it. So it's a lot more involved than Phasmophobia, where you just have to identify the ghost. This one's, like, going in, identifying where it is, figuring out how to exercise it, and then actually exercising it. Which is kind of down to a science now, actually. Pretty smooth. Well, that's cool. And, uh, you forgot the most crucial thing about this game versus any other Ghost Hunter game, including Faz, is that there is no safe area. No, you're not safe in the truck that you start out in. You're not safe anywhere. It'll rip the door off. Oh, that's that's dope. Oh, I, yeah. like that. I like that intensity. Yep. It's intense. Because I feel like yeah. real life experience, just, I feel like... I, like I would be bitch time. screaming pretty quickly. I wouldn't even <laughs> go in that motherfucking no. house because you hear the yelling of the ghost as the game uh -huh. loads and it keeps yelling and you're like, I'm good, yeah. bro. You know? Yeah, like you can hear the ghost laughing if it's about to kill oh, one of you. It's like a certain ghost type will do that or it laughs in the house in general. I'm not the final girl material, but I definitely ain't the first dead guy material either. I'm about dead guy number three. I'm very much. Um, yeah, I don't even go into any time. I've been to a lot of places that hate given me some seriously uneasy feelings that a bunch of people were like, oh, we're going to go into it. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, mm -hmm. I could... We are absolutely going to do a part two episode just on Ghost again. Okay, dope. I, I'm I'm good for this because I, you know, had some some pretty intense experiences, and I've had I've even had experiences. I've even had like situations where like people didn't believe in shit like that, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go here," which is a place that's like known for it, and I'm like, "Yep, I'm not." And then they're like, "Oh, shit's not real." Da -da 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 -da. Then they came back, and they're like, "I'm so sorry." I believe you. Mm -hmm. I believe you I don't fuck I'm up. like, yo, you do? Okay, you should probably go uh, pray over a bowl of water and throw it on your fucking face and come here mm -hmm. and let me smudge you. Fucking dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta get them moist before you get them all smoky. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Dry it That's out. That's how you do it. Dry out the demon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whatever's attached <laughs> itself to you. What the fuck? Hell, the, the sage, if the sage ain't powerful enough, I got some of that kill. Some of that tobacco. <laughs> that tobacco. I have, I also have tobacco. <laughs> nice. You got that kill. kill. Speaking of tobacco, um, maybe you guys should listen to our products and services, which one is certainly going to be a tobacco distributor, because unfortunately, Frat Rags broke our heart, but we still love you guys. Anyways, we'll sell cigarettes. Uh, commercial. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Witness history as robotic wrestling championship title holder error not found. 
faces his toughest challenger yet, Jim Graw the Chainsaw. Come witness beautifully scripted carnage at this year's RoboSlam Mania this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You think you can handle the chainsaw? Just listen to my voice modulator. I was built for wrestling. Oh yeah, the chainsaw is creeping. Error not found. Error, error, error. Intense action coming to you live this Sunday at the Dick Johnson Entertainment Emporium. Located in the Old Circuit City. Robo Slam Mania. Are you machine enough to handle it? Robot programming not guaranteed to be fit for human audience. There will be no refunds and attendees agree to a waiver not guaranteeing their own personal safety. And we're back talking about futuristic violence and fancy suits. All right. So this is the, I believe, third book written by uh, Jason Parchin slash David Wong. Uh, Kiami, would you like to lead off a discussion? Uh, I feel like you're kind of better at like giving like an overall take on a book or on. The okay, I've got the Barnes and Noble thing me. brought up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that mouth is beautiful. Oh, a winner of the 2016 Alex Awards, Nightmarish Villains with Superhuman Enhancements, an all-seeing social network that tracks your every move, mysterious, smooth-talking power players who lurk behind the scenes, a young woman from the trailer park and her very smelly cat. Together, they will decide the future of mankind. Get ready for a world in which anyone can have the powers of a god or the fame of a pop star, in which human achievement soars to new heights while its depravity plunges to the blackest depths. A world in which at least one cat smells like seafood shop's dumpster on a hot summer day. This is the world in which Zoe Ash finds herself navigating a futuristic city in which one can find elements of the fantastic, nightmarish, and ridiculous on any street corner. Her only trusted advisor is the aforementioned cat, but even in the future, cats cannot give advice, at least not in any way that you'd want to follow. Will Zoe figure it out in time? Or maybe the better question is, will you? After all, the future is coming sooner than you think. That sounds weird as fuck, yo. It is weird. I'm into it. It's very weird. It's very weird, but it's so good. But I feel like all of his books have this, like, overall absurdity to them uh, that i love i just i love his writing. yeah i am definitely intrigued it sounds very interesting i really like you know like things i love about the main character i feel like she's just like this quick-witted smart ass now sometimes her dramatics i'm sadly just like just listen to what these people are telling you but i also understand her skepticism <laughs> With them, yeah. Um, this should be pretty obvious, by the way. We're gonna spoil the shit out of this oh, book yeah. and cover it. That's so. about to happen. I mean, that's probably for the best because if you think I'm actually gonna read it, uh, read, <laughs> read. I listen. No, I'd like to read. It's just it just has to be a very specific topic. So it follows basically uh, Zoe Ash, the aforementioned kind of like poor trailer park resident in Utah, which in Colorado when the uh, book starts. Can't remember. She's in Colorado. I think Tabula Raza's in Utah. Yeah, it is. Okay, mm. so uh, basically she finds out that her father, Arthur Livingston, former crime lord, uh, died in a massive explosion and left her a massive amount of fortune in an entire empire that oh. uh, basically uh, relies entirely on her showing up to his estate which his associates are uh, contracted with doing. However, word gets out that Arthur Livingston had some sort of super weapon, and so uh, some unknown enemy put out a bounty on her for uh, some millions of dollars, mm -hmm. which starts wow. out with uh, the hyena, a uh, bounty hunter, 
who doesn't know what his fucking name is, he's constantly changing it throughout the book, but we're going to call him the hyena, <laughs> is stalking her outside of her trailer. Which, the hyena, because of the interactions that go on with that, literally made me Google a female hyena dick. So that's a, You just want to watch them get birth through the penis. That's, that's a Google mm. search I never thought I would have. But I, that's I, one I, I won't have. But I, I refuse but I was, inc- incognito mode. But I, but I was curious, <laughs> you know? I'm like, what the fuck? So I had to fucking look that up. So, uh, book kicks off with a bang. Basically, Zoe's going to Wendy's to get the chili, which, if we can all admit, is really fucking good. We've all had it. Mm-hmm. And then her uh, automatic driving car is going to help her pick up her mother at the local strip club or topless bar where she works the day shift. And along the way, the hyena attacks her, which leads... It's zombie-themed. Oh, it's zombie-themed. That's right. It's a zombie-themed topless bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially leads to a car chase with the hyena, which ends up on a frozen lake. Um, after some negotiating through her phone's hologram with a gentleman named Will Blackwater, who in my head looks like the uh, bald guy from the Lilo and Stitch show slash movie. I don't know why, um, but for some reason, he reminds me of that guy. He, That's who I pictured in my head. Will Blackwater, I've always imagined like a more suave version on of the guy on How I Met Your Mother. The Barney? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in my head, for some reason, because like they described him with a mustache and a head full of hair, but I just pictured him as like the Lilo and Stitch FBI agent guy, but constantly <laughs> drinking scotch. That's how. That's kind of how I picture Andre. I mean, honestly, they kind of. I picture both him and Andre the same way. I don't know why, but it still works in my head <laughs> when I'm reading the book. Um. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, they do that. Basically, she escapes, hops a train to Tablarusa. And along the train ride there, uh, meets another person called the Soul Collector, who has the ability to create lightning and fire with his hands. Mm-hmm. And he also has, like, a weird, like... Doll head thing sewn to his crotch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Doll head sewn to his crotch in some sort what? of weird intimidation tactic. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's like, like a G-string or like a loincloth, except it's made out of doll heads. Okay, I thought you were, like, saying sewed, like, onto... His crotch. Okay, I could, yeah, I get that. Not directly sewn onto his crotch, no. Okay. Um, okay. He also wears, like, a welding mask, and he's one of the bounty hunters going after Zoe. Wow. That's a lot just in that opening right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, this this girl from Colorado is uh-huh. it, and she's, yep. it's her her kitty cat in a, from a trailer park, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yep. Someone puts a hit out on her. Uh-huh. More hyena dicks get in the mix. Uh-huh. Yep. Female hyena dicks, rather. Uh-huh. Um, cause this is why he's skeptical about calling himself the hyena. Cause he's like, cause hyena doesn't like the, yeah. the, the f- and even that damn, uh, agent from Lilo and Stitch worked his way up in here. <laughs> this is a ride in my head. That's what Will Blackwater looks like. That's who I picture him as anyways. I mean, that's what I'm picturing now. This is all before page 90, mind you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I also, I did have a note here, Keanu, unless you had anything between then and when she, well, I guess there is quite a bit between then and when she gets to the I really love the part when she, uh, like when they have the car chase, because they end up hit, because they end up hitting the dude with the car. And because Andre takes over her car, like drives it or whatever. And so they like hit the dude with the car on in the ice. And so she's like running and then the ice cracks and she's like, and I fall. She's like, and the water hits my knees. And then my knees and then oh it's only <laughs> knee deep <laughs> which i thought was so fucking funny i don't know why i found that shit hilarious but i did that's a great humorous way to kind of take on that like fearful anticipation you'd have in something like that like how fucking deep is this uh, oh okay uh-huh. 
So that's that's beautiful. Like thinking you're about to die in these cold, icy depths, and then it only it only goes to your knees. It is nice to see Jason Pargin doing something that isn't like David Wong's depressed, like absolutely upset character because he does a really good job describing people and their emotions. Yeah, and Zoe's more of like the optimistic. We can figure it out. There's got to be a way to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to see like that quality of writing reflected in a way that isn't uber depressing at times and she's also very like i feel like she's not your not your like average leading lady like she's chubby she has like you know partially dyed hair that that looks like shit at this point because it's due for a redye you know from the trailer park like just very and she's also a smart ass which which i find which i very much enjoy Mm mm-hmm she was working as a barista for like 10 bucks an hour. And this says takes place in the future too, in like 2030 or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make of that what you will. So minimum wage still hasn't been raised. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she has like a, for example, like a concrete deer outside of her trailer park. That's just like pockmarked with bullets from everybody who just shoots at it sometimes mm-hmm. like hunters mm-hmm. and things that mistake it for a real deer. So it's kind of like, you know, she's used to that kind of lifestyle. So you're right. She's not the typical leading lady. Mm hmm. So um, after she gets away from the hyena, gets on the train, faces off with Soul Collector. Um, I have a note here for page 90 in particular. So this would be after she gets back to the mansion, orders a pizza. And, uh, you know, when the pizza delivery guy arrives, it is... The hyena. The hyena. And he's ready for revenge. So he chases her down and she gets up to her uh, bedroom. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, this fucking psychopath is streaming it on Blink, which uh, we neglected to mention. Blink is like a is like a um, he's like a live feed that like everyone is just constantly wearing, whether it's a camera on their glasses or a a, Mm. a camera on a boutonniere or like anything like that. And that's one of the biggest reasons that like people continue to do what they do is because it's about views and about the attention and the traction that they fucking get for it. Like exactly. It's, it's all about like people are doing it for the fame, for the attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, pretty much every villain in this, maybe sans soul collector is doing it because they just want the reputation. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's just about building their own fame online. Even the hyenas refusing to uh, go after Zoe until he has his blink feed up and he can actually like show people mm-hmm. that he's going to bite off her fingers one by one. Cause it, cause he's over here like monologuing the whole time. And this is probably one of my favorite things about her is like, she doesn't allow <laughs> the villains to monologue. Like they'll start first. I'm gonna, and she's like, no, no, you're not. No, you're absolutely not. Like, just shut the fuck up. You're not gonna monologue. And she's like, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> it doesn't fucking let him. And then like, at one point he like gets her like pinned down and she rips the, he has his blink feet on like a boutonniere on his shirt and she like rips it off and throws it in the hallway. And of course he stops what she, he's doing. Cause he's like, fuck you fucking bitch. And like gets up to go get the fucking blink feed. You know what I'm saying? Because it's about that. So I thought that, that was clever on her part to rip it off his fucking thing. But like I said, that's probably one of my favorite things because she doesn't just do it with him. Cause there's, you know, future bad guys that like monologue and things like that. But I really love how she like cuts them off. And it's just like, no, you fucking chode. You're, you don't get to do that. <laughs> no, you don't get to monologue. Kill me if you're going to kill me, but I won't sit here and listen yeah. to this in front of your blink audience. Yeah. It's the equivalent of just yelling, nah, 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 nah. Uh, well, they're trying exactly to. Exactly what she did. Uh-huh. Do their uh, bad guy thing. Uh-huh. So, Hyena ducks out into the hallway where he meets, unfortunately, Armando, who puts a bullet in his head. Yeah. Oh, it- Rip to the hyena wing. Yes. And oh, we yeah. forgot to mention that the hyena has mechanical jaws. 
He has these oh yeah these metal, fuck me these metal jaws, which is why he's trying to think of his name or whatever because he had these surgical implants that he can literally bite through titanium. Like he takes a bite out of a golf club just and like chews it up and spits it out just to show people that he can do it. Oh, so he's like Jaws from James Bond. Yeah, I think at some point he even named himself something like shark related, but then changed it to the hyena, and he was kind of in that debate. But yeah, that was his kind of like... Oh, that's too derivative. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The cybernetic implants are a thing, and, you know, that's kind of like the the MacGuffin, I guess, for lack of a better term. That's what what everyone's going after. McMuffin? Yeah, the McMuffin, the McLovin. They're going for the (laughs) McMuffin. It ain't even that good. People settle, man. What do you want from me? Um, so yeah, the hyena had cybernetic implants in his jaw so he could just bite through pretty much anything. That was his whole shtick. And he gets shot in the head by Armando, who turns out to be, I think, number two or three of the top security guards in uh, Tabula... Tab- Tabula Raza. Tabula Raza. Words suck. Yeah. Well, Keanu heard the audiobooks. She has a better uh, grasp of it. Yeah, Tabula Raza. Oh, Tabula Raza. And in Tabula Raza, pretty much... Everything Ghost. is controlled by private money. There are no cops. Um, everyone's hired out by private security, essentially, and that's kind of what runs it. All it's drugs more or less are like legal. Cyberpunk 2077. It, it's like it's like Vegas on steroids in the future. Arthur oh, okay. Livingston, founder of it, put it right in Utah so that it would be like closer to Las Vegas than the like. It was just great. It was brilliant. He wanted it to be closer than Las wow. Vegas so everybody else could go there for vacation, mm-hmm. and it was more yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Mormons need tourism too. Yeah, well, you know what? You have enough money, and you can make your own city. Apparently, and he did yeah. just that. Yeah, that's a, that's weird. It's the kind of city where, like, they will build an entire building in maybe a day or a couple week or like a couple days, and it'll be like a giant taco restaurant just because they heard someone wanted a taco restaurant mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like things like that happen. Oh man, that is uh, that's some shit, as uh, yeah. they say. But yeah. Um. Felt like it would have been, you know, kind of uh, disingenuous to not give you guys a full scale of the city. There are like screens on like every building playing videos. Mm-hmm. You can see things like snakes, uh, quote unquote snakes and dragons going from building to building. And that's like an advertisement for a movie. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah just like really over the top sci-fi esque visuals that, uh, you know, things like that. That would be really cool to see in a modern city. It's things that I think only exist in this world and Tabula Rasa as well. Yeah. There's like a guy. There's like a guy riding a motorcycle that looked like a tiger, like just crazy shit like that. Or like she gets off the train and there's this place like selling drinks that has like has like hella drugs in the drink itself. And she's like, when I'm get off, I'm getting one of those. <laughs> Which she doesn't. Mm-hmm. She ends up setting the dude's crotch on fire. Yeah. As you do instead of Uh, drinking. That's right. Fuck, I'm skipping over that whole thing. Yeah, she ended up setting the Soul Collector's crotch on fire on the train platform. And then... Oh, okay, I was wondering what happened. And and darting. Well, he he killed the guy. Well, he didn't kill him. He made his brain mush because he can, like, fire an electricity through his fingers. He basically Mm. puts a finger on each temple of this guy and fries his fucking brain. He's just all slack-jawed. Now, her dad's lackeys, who they call the suits... The suits show up to try and like get her and the soul collector to leave and to get off the train. But Zoe is still terrified of all these fucking people doesn't fucking know them. Like, and so she like, doesn't trust them or whatever, which I mean, I guess I understand. And so there, there's this whole, like before she even gets to the mansion, there's like this whole thing of her, like running around the city and all these fucking people after her. And she ends up in this like abandoned building and fucking um, meets these workers in the building who are like cleaning it up. 
In this world, drones deliver your food to you, essentially. It's like Uber, but... Or not Uber Eats. Well, yeah, Uber Eats, Grubhub, whatever fucking doordash it's just that but with uh yeah and she's not she's not familiar with any of this shit so this drone was like coming after her and she thought it was something to do with the bad guys so she like knocks it out of the fucking air and it's just it's just it was just carrying burritos to the workers that were in that building (laughs) the workers show up and it's like real menacing and she's like please i just want to go she's like oh we'll let you go but you've got to do something for us first for all in the next chapter for all of us in the next chapter, she's just hanging out with them. She's like, well, they weren't a rape gang like I thought. And it's just like she's helping them set up their phones and the holograms and shit. <laughs> like wow. doing the full body scans and stuff. And then once they. Just so like when someone calls them, they can see like the full body image of the guys uh-huh. talking to them instead. Well, the way I see it, if you ruin my burrito lunch, you got to fix my phone. Yeah, I think so. That's well, they, fair. Yeah. yeah. Because after a while, they're like, man, where are the burritos? And then she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So they didn't know at that uh-uh. point. Exactly. And then once they re- realize who she is, like none of them turn her in, obviously. But they they get a hold of this the suits. I don't know if they get a hold of the suits or the suits just show up or what. I believe the suits show up. They get a hold of the suits somehow. Might have been through so- Blake. Do you think that someone was like really bitter about losing their burrito? Like they was really wanting that shit. So they low key well, like reported her. Now here's the thing. Um, she was kind of nervous about the suits cause she didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. but the suits were the people that worked for her father, as Keani mentioned. And, uh, because mm-hmm. she didn't know who to trust, that's why she ran. But it turns out they're actually the good guys. Um, Keani, let me know if I miss anything here, but I'm mm-hmm. going to give a quick rundown of the. Okay. Now, we've mentioned a couple of them so far. You have Will Blackwater. He's kind of like the leader of the suits. He was more of like an informal son to Arthur Livingston when he was alive, his second-in-command. Um, he kind of ran the day-to-day operations for him. He's the meticulous, scotch-swelling uh, alcoholic that tells him, you know, basically, like, keeps up with operations. Uh, he's usually a step ahead of everybody and has, like, the most terrifying reputation in town. There's even a point where someone tries to mug him. He just gives up his wallet. And when they see that it's him, they return the wallet and apologize profusely, like that type of shit. Uh-huh. No, sorry, sir, to inconvenience you. Yeah, he was like, I'm sorry. I wouldn't. Yeah, he's like, sorry, mister, because the guy's kind of fucked up. He's like, sorry, Mr. Blackwater, if I had known it was you, like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it. And he's like, and he's like, it's fine. And then dude's like, I mean, man, I got a wife, I got kids. And, and he's like, I said, it's fine. Walk away. And so the guy leaves, like, mm-hmm. instantly, because um, that's, that's the, people give yeah. Will a wide berth when he is that sounds like that scene in tombstone when that billy bob thornton tried to shoot kurt russell not knowing he was uh wyatt earp till he saw doc holiday which if you don't get that reference i will give you a better analogy um he's essentially what would i would guess be like a young prop joe in the wire okay yeah all right yeah something like that where he's like you have two choices right now you can either walk away or like i have a proposition um you know kind of more or less like that he strikes me as a young prop joe type Okay. He's the he's the negotiator in in, exactly. in amongst the suits. But he'll he'll make he'll make you make you get gone. Okay. You also have Bud, who's kinda like a Texan who has a network of people. He can help you disappear. He's kinda like the fixer. He'll get you cars if you need cars, get you a new hideout if you need a new hideout. Um you have Echo, she's the tech expert and the uh honeypot, I guess, for lack of a better term. Because she is used to seduce people. What's funny is she's not really a tech expert. She just, she was hired on for something. She's because she even says this, that, that she was hired on as, as with a, like a job with that was not described, but all of a sudden um, 
Arthur Livingston, apparently he just started to call her every time things were broken. So she just kind of fell into that. Um, But she is clever and she also is very attractive. So she's used to seduce people for sure. Let's see. Other than that, we have Andre Knox. I don't, hmm. What, what is Andre's role in suits? Would you say? I don't really know. He just takes part in the fuckery. Yeah, he's kind of like the comedic relief, but I don't think he has any essential role in the group. No, he just, but, but he does do, he does do shit. He does help accomplish things and tasks and things like that, but I don't know his exact. Yeah, I just, I'm thinking about it, his position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the guy. He plays a supervillain later. It's pretty fun. Um, Let's see, who am I forgetting? We had Bud, Andre, Echo, and Will. I think Was that, that the cast? Yeah, I think that that's it. I think that's it. Okay, so yeah, those are those round out the suits. That's uh, Arthur Livingston's, or was Arthur Livingston's, brain trust, and it's Zoe's now, basically, that mm-hmm. she inherited. And they're basically the cleanup crew. They clean up messes, yeah. they take care of things, they... they they handle the business, basically. They fix shit. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're the, the fixers. fixers. Yeah, they do everything. Basically, the if Zoe's like... Pick her uppers. If Zoe's like, I want to have uh, three elephants here doing somersaults and then a helicopter to film it, and, I don't know, uh, 30 circus clowns throwing knives at each other, it would happen in about an hour. Yeah, yeah, they call the people and handle all the shit. And they would do all that for her. That's essentially, like, that's what Arthur Livingston would have them do. Whatever... Literally, like, there's a Christmas part in the book where he turns his entire ballroom to a Christmas-themed, like, edible workshop made of candy and gingerbread and shit. And that's, mm-hmm. like, the kind of things they would handle as well. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of the shit the uh, suits would do. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So they are sh- they're shady, like I imagined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're not... At best, they're morally great. Yeah, but they're not, like, I don't know. They're... The way they're painted, like, you really enjoy them. You really like them. Very much. At least I did. I very much. I mean, I liked the whole dynamic. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, they're written to be lovable. Okay. But everyone is terrified of them. Yeah, because the reputation. Like the outside world is terrified. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she meets the suits. Eventually, she kind of gets them on their side, more or less. They uh, start to begrudgingly get along. And I have a special note here for page 90 exactly. It's when uh, Zoe kind of slapped Will down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was when they were in the vault talking about the hand. And she, like kind of gave him like an edge in the tone where he backed down. I'm like, oh, so this is where their whole dynamic started to play out. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, before they get there, because the whole reason they need Zoe in the first place is because she is the only one that can open this vault where apparently Arthur left whatever. Like, they just know that there's a vault and only she can open it. And it's like with her, with her, it's like by a brain scan, only she can open it. Um, she can't be in distress or high or intoxicated. She has to be sober and of her own free will. Uh huh. And so basically, she ends up like walking in on them, and they have this hand in, in this room, and so she freaks the fuck out. And it ends up being this whole thing where she ends up being forced to go down there and do it now because she's utterly convinced that once she opens this, that they're going to kill her. And so, um, She's like stressed the fuck out, but basically the whole like when Cody was talking about this is where their whole like respect for each other kind of started. She um, essentially says that she will feel calmer because at first it won't open because she stressed the fuck out because it was like this whole 
people with guns ass thing to get her down to where the vault is. Mm -hmm. And so she wants a gun and she points it at Will. And it's like, that's the first time that, that he like actually sees her and is like, Oh, okay. All right. Uh, All right. She's got a little bit of heart to her. mm -hmm. And then once they get in the vault, it's basically a, a hologram of Arthur and he's explaining his, his whole spiel and everything. And all they do all he does is give them a coin. Says that everything's bequeathed to Zoe. Zoe's in charge of everything now. And he leaves this gold coin, his lucky coin. That's the only thing in the vault is that coin. And he says that he wants Will to show her the magic trick that he can do. And then that's it. And so after all of this shit happens and Zoe's had guns pointed at her and she's pointing a gun at Will, she fires everybody. Fires everyone. Tells them all to fucking leave. And that's when um, the opportunity for the hyena to come in when she orders that fucking pizza happens because she literally fires everyone. Oh, okay. See, I like how it came full circle. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how we ended up at that fucking point. And then Armando shows up. And I, he, I mean, not for nothing. Keanu, I think you should probably just describe the rest of the book. You seem to have a pretty good grasp on this. <laughs> uh, it's only because of your, um, it's only because of your your hints and your little points that make me remember this, and I can pull all this to memory. Otherwise, I cannot. I don't have the capacity to to yeah. Um. Anyhow, so the hyena gets shot. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and Armando is the is, and the only reason he saw any of that is because of the um the. Blink feed, yeah. So he comes in and saves the fucking day, and then everybody ends up coming back on, you know, because he talks her and was like, "Look, listen, like you need and you need security and you need an estate and you need all this other shit." And so she trusts Armando and his judgment, and then everyone ends up coming back uh, after they have like this whole meet and greet at um, the place where Arthur died, like the blow up thing. And then they kind of, don't they explain the hand there or no? Yeah. They explain the hand was connected to um, soul collector. They were trying to figure out what made him be able to do the electricity. Mm-hmm. And basically they explained on that site that it used to be a warehouse where Arthur Livingston had a secret project going, which was mm-hmm. called project Raiden CJ. I think you might appreciate that. Oh yeah. That I can definitely appreciate that. I think they even made a Mortal Kombat joke. I can't remember. Maybe I'm wrong. Keanu's listened to it far more than I have. Um, but oh. basically... I wouldn't have caught the Mortal Kombat joke anyway, because... I don't know. Maybe they referenced it. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I just wouldn't have caught it, because I don't watch... Right. I don't know Mortal Kombat like that, so I would have. it would have went right the fuck over my head. Yeah. You know who mm-hmm. else doesn't know Mortal Kombat like that? Fan freaks! Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Project, <laughs> so project Raiden... <laughs> Um, it's basically about getting implants into people and making them like cyborgs with superhuman abilities. And the first, like j- the first few were unstable. They were kind of like black market goods, kind of like hyena. He had the jaw. Soul collector had the hand. That's why he blew up. Um, things like that were like, they weren't completely tested. So on the video feed that they had, it basically showed like Arthur. Or, nope. That's much later. So they're at the test site and they're trying to figure out like what happened. And the only reason these people have, like, all these crazy people have the Raiden tech is because they found out about, because the person who originally had the Raiden tech was essentially taking bids on, you know, someone to give him a place to work and workshop and and figure out how to do everything. And so um, Arthur bought everyone else out. And so basically Arthur was killed for this tech. 
is the thing. Yeah. And when they're when they're at the at the place where the things blew up, they see that there's like this truck that the that the front end of it is completely twisted and it's done by hand. Like the the front bumper, like the car is mangled and it someone did it by fucking hand. Oh, it's fucking twisted. It, it's dude. fucking twisted, kid. And it's it's also worth noting that Arthur Livingston bought the tech for uh more like making people a superhero and less yeah. of the actual like arms trading aspect. Because yeah. it is important to note that he's more of like a morally gray character. He's not just like a crime lord. Mm-hmm. Like he, yeah. he just didn't want that kind of tech falling into those areas. He felt like the city needed superheroes because it's so fucking insane there. Yeah, instead of like people getting that power and becoming what would eventually become um, a problem. Yeah. So Zoe decides to trust them, essentially. And, okay, I would like to backtrack a little bit. Before they go out to this, she um, has her first like sit-down interaction with Carlton, the butler. Who lives in the house? I love Carlton too. He, I'm only bringing this up because he makes this fucking banana sandwich that, like, I need to try. I want it in my life. He, mm. it's, he, it's like banana and peanut butter and honey, and then he like breads oh. it and deep fries it. Oh, that sounds great! Fuck yeah, it does. And, I love peanut butter and banana. Oh god, it sounds. You know so what's good. also amazing? Mm-hmm. Um, if you take three chocolate chip waffles and you put them in your little toaster oven and then you just cover it in peanut butter, because that's what I did last night and it was great. Oh, it was fabulous. Oh, it was so great. Um, anyhow, um, aside from that, you're right. The Carlton sandwich sounds fucking amazing. It's like Arthur Livingston's favorite, I believe. Was that? Mm-hmm. Yes. He like tells her this, this like lovely story about her dad and it, well, it's not lovely, but basically Carl, he would have a lot of women. You know, he had a lot of women. And so he would have Carlton set up a breakfast, like, you know, the pancakes, the eggs, the bake, all that jazz, like a full fucking spread. And then he would leave like the last bits of the preparation left. And so his dad would come in and put on a fucking apron and make every single woman that he that spent the night with him feel like she was super special because he made it look like he had gotten up and made her this like beautiful breakfast and and like so carlton's basically telling her the story to try and kind of give her an idea of like who her dad was basically that he wasn't all fucking bad okay i like yeah i like i like carlton there was a note that i had as well actually um on page 180 ish uh, Zoe's wandering around the mansion in the middle of the night and she's like looking around and she finds like the ball pit like room yeah. full of like the plastic balls to dive in and the movie theater and all that and like the worn chairs and she makes a note that like people went in there and enjoyed themselves and had a good time and they could bring their kids like Arthur Livingston had things that he uh-huh. did that made him more like human and that kind of helped her like realize that her father was a real person person and not just like this kind of sleaze mm-hmm. bag that she thought of mm-hmm. her entire life, which I thought was kind of a touching kind of moment to add in there. Yeah, because she had this whole and and her dad touches on this when he's explain when he's like going through the will, like because there was this whole moment where I guess he had tried to at one point he like saw what she had going on when she was a kid or whatever, and he decides all of a sudden that he's going to be super dad, and he shows up with a fucking bright red car on her birthday, and he comes into this shitty little trailer park thinking that he's going to swoop in and just be her goddamn savior, and she comes out there, hands on her hips, and cusses him the fuck out. Like, how dare you? I don't want this shit. Like, treats the fuck out of him. Like, over here living in squalor, and like, 
cusses him the fuck out. And I just, I really, I enjoyed that moment. Like, because it was very humbling for him. And then he like, didn't try again, didn't like speak to her again. This is basically like him talking about how he feels bad that he never like did what he should have done. You know, like she, and I think it was either Will or Carlton who explained it later. But, like, basically that was his way of trying to make up for, like, not being a father. Because that was the only way he knew how to communicate with people is to give them money. stuff. Because that's what everybody wanted yeah. him for their entire lives. Like, basically. Yeah, money. So that was kind of something I appreciated. Uh-huh. It was a little more insight to the character and uh-huh. why he, you know, acted the way he did. It, did. it added a it lot did. of depth to the man. But, uh, yeah. That was, you know, a little note that I had about page 180-ish when they bonded. Um... I basically don't have any notes up until Zoe gives Armando that special. Um, Okay. So they go to the, I don't, I don't have notes, but I actually, oddly enough, this was kind of where I left off uh, listening to this 18th time. Um, But they had uh, his funeral, his, his, uh, the Arthur's memorial service, which is this memorial service. Yeah. Huge fucking like taking up like six blocks ass shit. Big as fuck. Um, but anyway, so she has to get ready for it. And so they hire a tailor to make her look, well, not hire a tailor. It's just the, the family's tailor, everyone's tailor, um, which is actually Will Black, Will, not Will's, um, Andre's brother. And so he comes in to like mm. tailor Zoe's clothes or whatever. And she has this scar on her shoulder that everyone's like, what the fuck is that? And it's, it's a burner from a stove because one of her mom's boyfriends was a fucking, was a fucking pedophile. And he like would like pop in on her while she was in the bathroom or getting undressed, like just at the right time. And her mom would always, uh, yeah. And her mom would like laugh it off. Like, Oh, one day we'll live in a bigger place with locks and things like that. And then Zoe one day noticed that there was like, uh, that one of the tiles in the ceiling was fucked up and that there was, had to have been a camera there. And so she did what she does. She continues to take her shower and everything the fuck else. And then after she's done, she looks and she finds it. And so she like then goes to his computer and realizes that he's been doing what he's been doing. And so she turns him into the cops and he finds out about it before the cops show up at the fucking house. And he basically like pins her down on the stove and turns the fucking stove on, which is this crazy fucked up. It's, crazily fucked up shit um and so everyone in the room's just like silent and quiet and they're like well where is he now well where is you know and uh like she's like well you couldn't do anything and armando's like scumbags like that i could come in and shank essentially and they would applaud me on the back send me home with a fruit basket like it would be fine and so um you you forgot one quick part about the video. Um, her stepfather also, uh-huh. or whatever, the mother's boyfriend, uh-huh. uploaded it to the internet yeah. and her entire school saw it. Yeah. Anyways, that was also a thing that he did on top of the burning. Um, as you were. So there's that. Everyone's bothered by it, but they proceed, okay? And then they go to this, they go to the event, and there's like all these Team Molex shirts, which is, this is the guy that, that, blew up her dad's thing and stole the tech and everything else. And so there's, there's a, there's essentially like teams, like people like vying for the bad guys to win and to like get her and do what they're doing. And it's, it's crazy. But anyway, so they're at the party and uh, cause it is a party. It's not a regular memorial service. Yeah. Arthur Livingston insisted in going out in style. So it's literally everyone getting drunk and high and celebrating for like, he shuts off blocks of the city for it. Moloch and his fucking henchmen show up 
in the most American douchebaggery way. And I think um, she had found the glasses <laughs> before this, the blink glasses. She found glasses that belonged to her dad in his room. And it basically played out the entire scene of everything, like him finding the Raiden tech, um, you know, all basically explains, gives everyone an explanation of what's going on because even the suits didn't know where this tech was coming from or what the fuck was happening. So she finds all of that in any way. And then they go to this thing. And so Molek fucking shows up and he, he fucking, uh, does he like bust through the fucking funeral pyre in a fucking monster truck with music playing loud as fuck absolutely he does which is literally i feel like the best description of them and their fucking personality because they're all like oh he men i'm glad you mentioned that i'm trying to think of it was on a podcast one of the many podcasts i listened to and it was either robert evans or some other guys from cracked that described it but basically like Mullick was the uh he was supposed to be like the model of yes. misogyny. That's his whole shtick. He's just yeah, the stereotypical yeah. misogynist, like the big alpha male, quote unquote, that we rag on on this yeah. podcast. Because that, that is guy. that is essentially fucking him. So he comes in. He wants the gold, this undescribed thing that nobody really knows what it is. And he starts like, uh, I believe he goes after Zoe directly. Am I wrong? Yes. Is that the first thing he does? Yeah, also because he because he's he's like we're not gonna okay, negotiate so, and Zoe's fucking smart ass and crazy because she's just all up in talking on all kinds of shit. And I also forgot to mention, um, for this Armando brought on extra security in the for, form of Wu, who is um I don't know his exact ethnicity, Asian American man mm-hmm. who carries a katana with him at all times, and he claims it's like some ancient hundreds year old blade. So um while they're at this event scouting it out. Uh, Moloch starts getting, you know, real shitty with Zoe, starts to approach her, and one of the guys, <clears throat> Black Scott, who, uh, Moloch insists, <laughs> chose did. his name, who, although Black Scott, if you can't guess, a black man, uh, did not agree and shakes his head when, uh, you know, Moloch isn't looking, but anyways, pulls out a ray that essentially, like, nukes all of the guns in the nearby radius and ex- makes them explode and the bullets just kind of, like, bust. It, it cooks all the cordite in them, and so they all explode. She's so like, whoa, man, like, we all just came here to have a conversation. Like, can't we just talk without, like, guns and shit? And so then they, like, explode all of the fucking guns. And it's so no one has weapons at this point, except for them, because they their their bodies are literally weapons at this point. Weapons. Yeah, they have the cybernetic um, enhancements. But they <laughs> he is basically threatening to break Zoe's arm off and twist it off like a piece of fucking celery. And that's when all of a sudden you hear a scream from Moloch because Armando took Wu's sword and sliced clean through mm-hmm. his motherfucking hands. Yeah, so Moloch lost his fucking hands and uh, ended up with just the nubs as Armando stood there stunned. And uh, basically Moloch mm-hmm. and his team ran away. To recap what they get through, basically they track down the monster truck and they assume Moloch to be dead because of all the blood. But it turns out he fought off Pinkertons of the literal real-life Pinkerton fame with his uh, feet and nubs and managed to escape. Anyhow, um, that's what I had for that mm-hmm. event. Keanu, got anything that's else? Much it. Oh, they go... Uh, Will tells Zoe to go eat after the thing, which is kind of comical, but she ends up going to get some food and then they all go up to the top of this building and Zoe thinks she's going to die... Um, at this moment, because Andre pushes her off the top of a roof, but she didn't realize 
Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. And then pushes her. So you think that this is like the end and that she's going to die. and But it's not that. It's a drop party, which essentially is like everyone drops off these buildings and falls onto those like cushy things that they use for like stunts in movies. Which... Oh, okay. Like a crash pad sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, CJ. Do you have any comments or questions up to this point? I know we just recapped a lot. No, you you, lo- you uh that was a lot. I'm gonna go ahead and say that was a lot. Um so yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh drop party. They all land yeah, and, and then manage- they leave yeah. and then um Zoe ends up fucking Armando, um, which he's like, Oh Oh, oh, we should be wait, wait hold on. I get a little more class to it. Um so they land on the pad, and as they roll over, Zoe kisses Armando. And he's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Now, I understand this is common. I'm a professional. This happens near that situation. Calm down. And um, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Uh, don't leave. Don't worry. I'm not going to fuck you. Uh-huh. So they get in the car. Now they're driving away. She has a callback from earlier where she talked about giving uh, her ex-boyfriend a massage that ended up with his toes curling. And it was like a special way to seduce him. So uh, basically, as they're driving, she's like, Oh, yeah. Um, you know what you need? How about a massage? And it's essentially what it uh, rolls down to. It's it's kind of kinky. Mm-hmm. You know, rolls into them having sex. And then, mm. and then come to find out, um, mm. she has... Okay, so she has sex with him. Armando, like, quits. Uh, but then come to find out, she's like, tell him I know. Armando has the implants. He has the implants. He's just only used them once because he saw a guy use them and fucking splatter himself on the wall. So the only time he used them was to cut off Molek's hands. And so he comes back and they figure out, so they're like sitting there having a conversation, trying to figure out what the fuck the gold is. And Will keeps trying to do this, the trick or whatever with the, with the coin. And he keeps missing and fucking up. Come to find out the gold is in the coin. So, so they figure out the gold is in the coin. They figure out where Molex hideout is at. And that's because the, some kid actually, some random strange kid gave him a ride to his hideout and the kid's like i'll never tell but they like trick him boosted his ego and trick him into telling you know basically driving this they give him this thing they're like what does he want with the relic and it's just some bullshit it's just some bullshit fucking figurine (laughs) that they got off arthur's nightstand and he's like i'll never tell you and so they like give it to him they're like fine we have no choice left but to give it to you and they do this shit where she like pinches his neck as like they're like she knows torture things that lead back to ancient you know orient and this that and the third and she's like i've never seen pain tolerance like this <laughs> she's like we could torture him for days and he'll never never give it in and they're like oh we have no choice but to just give you the relic and so they give him this relic which was just some bullshit thing and he ends up taking it back to the hideout so that's how they find it um but they end up uploading the gold to armando yeah so armando basically gets super juiced with his implants and he's gonna be Basically the closest thing to a living God you can get. And so he scales through a series of elaborate planning into, I think he starts out at the ice palace because they're going to the fire and ice casino, which is uh, his hideout. And he ends up taking out like Mm -hmm. just tons of guys. Like even one guy called Rodzilla, who is some like weird gigantic robot who Mm self-destructed because, you know, sounds like a douche, but, uh, yeah. hmm. Rodzilla. Oh, they're all complete douches. They're all Kyle's. They're all Kyle's. made that up. They they are definitely he did. He did. they are definitely <laughs> pretty all sure he did. I knew it. That's for I sure. Do it. So um, Armando rips his way through the majority of the place, and he throws like a bunch of people off of the cliff. 
or not off a cliff, off a fucking ledge. And on the way down, you know, one guy just starts spraying bullets and Armando's like rappelling down the side to get to another window. Unfortunately, the part that pisses me off here, lo and behold, is that Armando ended up catching a stray bullet in the neck and died from the because the guy that was spraying bullets as he fell killed him. Yeah. So Armando bit it. (laughs) And they've essentially just delivered the gold to them because they have an example of a fully developed or not fully developed, but like, a you know, the the hardware as to where it should be without kinks. So they yeah, exactly. essentially upload all of that. And then basically like all the, all the, the hired guns in town essentially try to take him on. And it ends up being this like huge showdown slaughter, it's but slaughter. the elaborate plan that like the team comes up with, it's just like this crazy hodgepodge of just like this random bullshit that like plays out well some fucking how i mean there's a lot of fuckery in between but plays out somehow um i do have some notes on that i would like to give you um a very quick quote here from uh malik just to give you an idea of the type of person he is he was talking about uh outside of squatterville this basic encampment for homeless people about how women and children first right that's what they always say happened when the titanic sunk it's always the women and children first this was an actual quote well, if the men don't count, then nobody does. Um, anyways, his fragile little ego. Um, he's about to destroy the building when it's all being captured on Blink Network, but surprise, the feed gets hijacked by none other than Andre Knox in the suits. So what they do to Bruce's ego is go to the Fired Ice Casino and basically turn it into two statues. One of Andre Knox with a giant well-hung dick just swinging in the air, basically. And the other one of Moloch sitting there, but with a very tiny little pecker, uh-huh. like think Adam Green and Holliston. Um, it's just like this little thing. And that infuriates Moloch, as you might assume, because, of mm-hmm. course, he's all about the ego. So he's like, fuck it. We're going to go attack them. That's the whole plan. They want you to ambush. What's more important, your reputation or finishing the destruction? Mm-hmm. It's his reputation. So he goes to attack the Fire and Ice Casino. Um, goes there, destroys the statues. They see another thing of Andre Knox. Andre in the suits pl- had another ploy. They're like, haha, check this shit out. It's basically just like a giant fake nuke they're using as a ploy to like, we'll blow up the city if my associate and Moloch and I don't get complete control. They show up at the mansion and they have this whole, they basically created a hologram of Arthur and he's like basically sitting there talking to him. He's like, how? You're dead. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. Um, yeah. And at one point they capture Zoe. So that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a point where Wu's trying to show her an escape pattern, and she gets in a car, and that car drives to the fire in its casino, and that's around the mm-hmm. time Moloch starts destroying shit. She's strapped to the hood of the monster truck yeah. like a deer the entire time. Like, fresh kill. And they also, they had gotten, um, a, like, a printer thing to essentially print all the tech, and they set it up in the workshop, where the, the Santa workshop was. <laughs> and so they're trying to figure out, because there's got to be, like, a key for it. And so, like, Molek shows up and is like basically coming in to like kill everybody. And he ends up being like distracted by this fight because there's tigers on the property. Cause of course, why wouldn't there fucking be all rich people have to have a large cat. Right. Why wouldn't and so he ends up fighting a tiger bare fisted and like Zoe's all types of fucked up at this point. Everyone else is all types of fucked up at this point. Um, there's a part that literally made me cringe where her bone was sticking out of her fucking leg and it got and caught on the bar stool yeah. and she yeah. passed out. So she like crawls over to this thing and she's like, she finally finds a, a thing that says Zoe at the very bottom because it's basically all in this like um, 
made up computer language for the people who created it. So they don't know what half of this shit is. So they've just been printing things to try and figure out what these things do. And she finds one that says Zoe and she prints it. And she finally, finally gets it. She's waking up. Dude's about to kill her. She finally crawls over there and gets this. And it's a fucking football helmet. And so she puts it on and she tells them all to stop. Because Moloch just grabbed her and he's probably about to cave her face in or do things that like, she described him as having rape threat Tourette's at one point. Yeah, because he does. Because he's like, we're going to tie you up and and then I'm going to let my uh, fans decide on what to do with your various holes before we kill you. And Yeah, yeah. things in that so, nature. Very distasteful. She puts on this helmet and tells them to stop. And it actually works. Like they all freeze and can't fucking move. And apparently that helmet was the key and she can just, you know, tell them what to do now. And so that's kind of like, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where things like wrap up and whatnot. Um, we didn't really cover them, but essentially as she's laying there, she makes them all freeze in place and gives them a choice because uh -huh. the League of Badass is rolling up, who are these like cyberpunk-esque yeah. rejects with no implants. They just have spiked hair and generic weapons because their guns blew up. And they're like the saviors of the city. Or they think they are fucking douche. Yeah. They're the uh -huh. D-list at best. So they roll up there, and essentially it's... Uh, League of Badass pops up. She's like, hey, you can either surrender or you can have them shoot you with the crossbows. And she passes out. And the last thing she hears is Black Scott saying, no, I'm not with those assholes. <laughs> Which I fucking loved. Um, you know, then she wakes up a little bit later, full, you know, recovery. Uh -huh. what have you. And like everybody's everybody's all good. And they've they framed the the plan that they had, which was, you know. All the ridiculousness of a supervillain costume and just like fake uh, it's, it's over the top it'd take a lot to get into but um basically it's just a whole like layout of their plans on paper but yeah one involving an alien invasion uh -huh. but instead of fake nuke um they have a real bonding moment between will and zoe it's kind of nice and sweet to wrap it up a uh, very solid book um anyways uh cj how do you feel getting that very rushed recap all over the place right it felt like an audio book to be honest but uh it was a bit yeah all over the place uh, kind of scattered I'll, uh, I got, I guess I might consider checking it out. I don't know. I would definitely listen to it. I'm yeah. personally, I prefer to listen to books. Um, I like the physical, but that's the reason why it took so yeah, long to do this episode. I, I like to listen to them because then I can just, you know, do the mundane things of life and, and, you know. Just... Yeah, listening would probably be closer to my speed because I typically don't care to spend my free time as far as reading goes. So that would be definitely more my jive so I can do other stuff. Yeah, like I'll like, you know, fold laundry or do household crap or yeah. you know, draw or something while I'm listening. And it's it's just a nice way to like multitask because my squirreliness won't allow me to really sit and read, read. Um, speaking of sitting and read, read, you can reread all of our shit on Twitter at Robots Don't Age and Cody Has Coffee. Uh, Keanu, where can they find you? And you can uh, find me on Instagram and TikTok at Abundant Studio. And CJ. Um, you know, you can find me on various Red Lens Productions things. I know WAFT is currently, um, we have to make an official announcement regarding that. So we're, long story short, that's on hold for the moment. But uh, yeah, just catch me on the uh, Red Lens Productions Facebook page, the WAFT YouTube channel. 
and uh, our various social medias. I might pop in and out. Yeah, I was literally outside. about, about to say that. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? How about that? Ah, that's what we call a callback, folks. All right. Uh, it's been fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, guys. <laughs>